TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB On The Run. Well, welcome to the book of Revelation. I am so excited to do this book with you. We are not going to do this book from an end times point of view. So if that's what you think this podcast is, you've got the wrong one. We are going to do this book like we do every other book in the Bible, author, date, background, historical context, sit it in the historical context to keep it anchored and keep it away from the weird. Um, Because let's be honest, some people do um, teach Revelation in a super weird way, and that is not at all our intention here for Trash Your Bible. So maybe you're a bit scared this text and this is kind of dipping your toe in perfect you are the audience that we want for tyb on the run we are going to to really just sit in the book of revelation as though we were the intended audience as though we were the ones in the first century we're about 95 ad and john has written us this this incredible text so let's jump in revelation 1 1 The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what what is written in it because the time is near. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and a priest to serve his God and father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword." His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. 
The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Well, welcome TYB on the run to the book of Revelation. (laughs) This is one of my all-time favorite books. And I have to say, I was super terrified of this book as a new Christian and even a middle Christian, you know, having been in the church for a long time and uh, lived through the 90s, 80s, 90s, um, and lived through the the years where this book was torn to shreds by end times teaching. It was all about the rapture. It was all about the blueprint. It was all about the, the map of end times. It was all about deciphering the numbers and figuring out the figures and throwing a little bit of Daniel in there and trying to work out what this book is saying. And we really came out with some judgmental, weird teaching, uh, dispensational. Um, you know, it's all different dispensations and then we're going to have the rapture and then we're going to go up in, you know, having taught end time for 10 years, I know what end times teaching is all about. But can I say, let's remove the book of Revelation from end times teaching because the book of Revelation has become the weird book at the end of the Bible that nobody wants to read and nobody understands and everybody's terrified of. If you were writing your biblical story, the incredible story of the Bible and Genesis and we get ourselves in trouble with sin and then we've got this issue. We're separated from God and you walk through the Old Testament and you walk through the relationship between Father God and his people Israel and you're walking through the ups and downs and the good and the bad and everything goes right and then they go wrong and you're walking through being a community coming out of Exodus. He rescues them. He saves them. He delivers them, puts them in the wilderness for a time out when they get don't have have the faith to go into the promised land, but he gives them this promised land. And we've walked through this incredible journey and he has given us Jesus Christ to redeem us because, you know, we knew what sin was by the Old Testament law and he came to fulfill it. And this incredible, like John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus Christ, God came down to earth and redeemed us. And we're in this beautiful biblical story. And if I'm going to bring this story to a climax and everything within this story to a climactic point at the end of the story, I am not going to put the most horrific, judgmental, horrible text at the end. I'm simply not. And if that is the case, then maybe we're misinterpreting the book of Revelation. Maybe Revelation was never supposed to be about this horrible climactic ending where the earth gets destroyed and all the, you know, we all get raptured and we're all up the top having a great time at a party while everybody on earth goes to hell. And it's this horror, I don't know who, it's a horrible ending to the biblical story if that is what you think about the book of Revelation. And I can understand why you don't want to read it. I can understand why this text is is not a text that you want to read. But let me let me redeem it for you. Let me put fresh hope into this book because this book was all about a revelation, a revelation that John had. Now, is it John the disciple? Is it John a seer? Is it John the you know apostle over the seven churches? We really don't know um, which John it is. We know that he's prophetic. We know that he's very well versed in Old Testament, and we know that he is incredibly visionary, spirit-filled. He has these incredible visions of what the future looks like and what the present, what we are supposed to focus on in the present time to get through our circumstances. And that is what this book is all about. What do I focus on when things go hard? 
What, what do I focus on when circumstances on this earth go horribly wrong? Do I focus on these circumstances and try and control them and try and do a blueprint and try and do a mud map of how to get through them? No, that's not the point of this text. The point of this text is to say to you, no matter what happens here on earth, God is in control. No matter what happens here on earth, let me just open up heaven for you and show you, even though things are going bad here on earth, let me just open up heaven and let me show you this apocalyptic, this incredible vision, this revelation of who your Jesus is and who your father God is seated on a throne and he is and he was and he is to come. He is across the past, the present and the future and that is the whole point of this beginning vision. Now, From that, I hope you want to study this book with me because that is how we are going to study it. This revelation comes from Jesus Christ. It actually originally comes from God. God gives it. In the beginning, it says the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. It comes from Father God. Father God whispers it and tells it to Jesus. Jesus tells it to the angel and the angel tells it to John. This This is apocalyptic literature to its fullness. This is a very common genre, a very common genre in those days. I know it's weird in our Bible and we read it, we're like, what is this weird text? How come? It's it's not actually a weird text to them. They would have listened to this in one sitting, by the way. They would have listened to it from beginning to end. They are a what's called a visually literate society, meaning what? They 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 can't read. Most of them can't read. So that they when they hear things they they are visual visual they they're listening and they're visualizing what is happening and the person reading it to them would have read it to them in a very creative way because it's kind of it's kind of a bit like a play you're supposed to be involved with the text you're supposed to cheer when Jesus comes you're supposed to boo when the when the beasts come out it's supposed to invoke reaction to you because that's apocalyptic literature now this text is three in one it's apocalyptic meaning what it is a revelation of what's happening in heaven while you are still on earth it is these It's always got an intermediary. What does that mean? It's always got an angel, somebody who takes this human up to the heavenly place. And it's always got this essence of come up here. Let me show you above your circumstances. Let me show you above your perspective. And it always comes God, Jesus, and angel to humanity. So it's got this beautiful. So they would have gone, oh, this is apocalyptic. Okay, this is going to be fun. We're going to have beasts and we're going to have sea. We're going to have two teens. But they, they would have known these characters. They would have understood because there was a lot of apocalyptic literature at this time. Unfortunately, we have to learn these things and learn about apocalyptic literature like we had to learn Shakespeare at school. Not sure why, though. But we learned Shakespeare at school so that we could experience that style of literature and genre. Same thing here. We need to learn about apocalyptic genre so that we can understand what the heck John's going on about. Now, it has apocalyptic literature. It has letters. Did you notice that halfway through the beginning it said, I, John, And I'm writing to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Again, we're not writing to a Jewish community, even though there are Jews in this community. The Johannian community is in Asia Minor. They're very Greco-Roman. Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. What is that saying? Who is, he's in your present. Who was, he's in your past. And who is to come, he's in your future. He's basically saying, I'm about to tell you the revelation from Jesus Christ who's in your present, who's in your past, and who's in your future. Nothing is out of his control. Can you feel that? 
John's saying, look, this guy is across everything. If you're worried about your past, he's across that. If you're worried about what's happening right now, he's across it. If you're worrying about the future, still there. And he actually goes on and says he's the Alpha and the Omega. What does that mean? He's the A to Z. That's Alpha and Omega, Greek alphabet. He is the A to Z across everything. Anything that you can spell in between, Jesus is across. I love that. And he says, from the seven spirits before his throne, now, guys, please, I beg you with all my heart, stop getting so analytical about these numbers. The numbers have a purpose and they have an intention in apocalyptic literature. Seven just means completeness, perfection, basically. So every time he says the seven spirits, the seven angels, it's not a separation of one angel per church. And I've heard some teaching on that. Oh, you know, we all have an assigned angel over the church. Look at Revelation. Oh, I wish I could shake some teachers today and say, learn your what you're teaching before you open your mouth. You know, teachers will be judged doubly. We are judged on what we teach as well as how we live our life. Um, some teachers need to be reassessing what they're teaching, let's be honest. Um, and from the seven spirits before his throne. So it's not a separation of the Holy Spirit into seven. It's just basically saying the seven spirits before his throne, the complete and perfect um, spirit. From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Oh, I love the revelation of Jesus as the ruler of the kings of the earth. Sometimes we need to get a revelation of how great our God is, how incredible the Jesus is. I know he's your best friend. I know he's your closer than a brother. I know he's your prayer partner, but he is so much more than just your best friend. He is God. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is, they are three in one and he is God. When you pray to him, he is Jesus Christ revealed. And some of you need to read Revelation to get a fresh revelation of how incredible your Jesus is. And this is why he's writing it. He talks about Jesus and he says to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins. And he talks about him coming in the clouds with every eye will see him. And he says this moment, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. The reason for this text, the reason for Revelation is for you to know God is across your past. He's across your present. He's into your future. He's the A to Z. Anything you want to spell in between that, he is there and he is the Lord Almighty. You need a fresh revelation of that over your circumstances, over healing, over signs and over miracles, because there's times in our life where we need God to be God. And when we come in prayer with a, with a revelation that he's just human and you've brought him down because you're so familiar with him, John's breaking that across in this book of Revelation. He's saying, I'm giving you a fresh revelation of who your God is and I'm giving you a fresh revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And can I say, church, stop focusing on the beasts of this book. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't read Revelation because of the beast. You're not supposed to focus on the beast. The beasts are insignificant compared to your Jesus. The circumstances, what happens here on earth, insignificant compared to the revelation that your Jesus is above all things. He is in your past, your present, your future, and he is almighty. And this is what they're saying over Father God at the moment. Okay. We have our first vision of Christ. There's two visions of Christ in the book of Revelation. The book begins with a vision of Christ. It ends with a vision of Christ in Revelation 19. And in the middle, Jesus becomes the character or the, the personification of the lamb. He is the lamb in the middle of the book. And in the beginning and the end, he is glorified Jesus. And he is not just the Jesus that walked on this earth. He is so much more. <laughs> the whole point of Revelation, for you to see Jesus in the way he actually is. Now remember, 
Revelation is written by John to the churches of Asia Minor. It's about 95 AD. So we are about 60 years from the point where Jesus died and rose again. So in those 60 years, people have kind of familiarized themselves with Jesus. They're not sure who he was. They're analyzing who he was. They're, They're going through in their brain, oh, maybe he was just a good person. Maybe he was a rabbi. Oh, maybe we've got it wrong. Maybe he wasn't, didn't raise from the dead. Maybe that was just a myth. Maybe, you know, the disciples may, and they're they're overanalyzing Jesus so much that he has lost his divinity. The gospel of John is to say the old man, John, steps in and says, hey, I'm sick of you thinking that he was just a good person or just not the Messiah. He He's the Messiah, the Son of God, and let me show you the signs that point to that. Same thing with Revelation. He's saying, I'm think, sick of you, you putting Jesus on your human level. Let me show you who your Jesus is. TYB, on the run, let me read to you, what you who your Jesus is. Remind you of how amazing he is. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Jesus, he's saying, I was in suffering. I was in, in, you know, in the kingdom and patient endurance. There was circumstance. I was on the Isle of Patmos, Patmos because I was a Christian. And in that time of persecution, in that time where circumstances were bad, in that time where I didn't know what to do, I had a revelation of Jesus. Oh, we all need that in the time of persecution. We all need that moment where Jesus comes and, and you see him afresh. You know, I read a quote today and it says, you can experience Jesus on the mountaintops, but what will change you is when you experience Jesus in the valley. And what John is doing right now is he's in the valley and he's crying out to God because he's he's in prison and he's saying, Jesus, where where are you? You know, if this is the beloved disciple, he's saying, I've walked with you. I know you. Where are you in the midst of this? And Jesus presents this incredible epic journey. Are you so excited to read it? I'm excited to read it with you. Um, And I've read it so many times. I love it. Okay, he was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God. He's in persecution and and he says here, on the Lord's day I was in the spirit. Now, in the spirit is the literary tool that John uses to show you a different vision. If this was a play, and I am more than happy for this to, to, to be set into a play because you would really experience the revelation of Jesus. If this was a play and apocalyptic literature has this very thematic play-like feeling, if this was a play, in the spirit was the moment where the stage would turn and you would be seeing another set. It's a set change moment. And he says, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. And where is he? So after you see those words, I was in the spirit or in the spirit, you've got to then work out where John is. And here I heard behind me a loud voice. He's in the throne room. Oh, my gosh. I, this makes me cry because I cannot wait to see Jesus like this. <laughs> I cannot wait to go to heaven. And see him glorified. TYB on the run. If you don't know him glorified now, you're not going to recognize him glorified then. <laughs> Some of us are going to get to heaven and go, oh my gosh, is that is that who you are? Is that who you are? I don't want to have that regret in my heart that I didn't see him glorified on earth and live him glorified on earth. What does that mean? Live knowing that he is above all powers and principalities. Live knowing that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. Live on this earth knowing how incredibly powerful he is. Ephesians says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you know the hope to which he has called you, his glorious riches and his incomparable power. This is what Revelation is all about, that you know who you serve and you live like you know who you serve. So let's have a look. I'm getting a bit passionate about this. Can, this is why I love this book so much. 
So he says, I heard a voice like a trumpet and the voice says, write on a scroll what you see. I'm going to try and do the voice and send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia. And he's saying, send it to these churches. These, this is the message. Now you've got to remember this is 60 years um, since Jesus. This is about 30 years since any, any Peter, Paul, they're all dead. And all of a sudden, this vision comes from God. Why? His people need a vision. They're perishing. His people are getting a little bit lax. They're not sure who he is. They're, they're turning away from him because of the persecution, and they need to know who he is. And he says this, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. What does that mean? Authority, seven completion. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Oh, these lampstands are very Old Testament. I love it dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest, his royalty. The hair on his head was white like wool. What does that mean? It's white as snow. He's not just royalty, he's deity. He's glorified. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. This is the creator. This is in the beginning was the word. This was the guy who created everything with God. This is the son of God and he's showing and revealing himself to John. In his right hand, he held seven stars. He's cosmologically grand and coming out of his mouth was a double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Imagine John going, you're so bright, Lord. It's this Moses moment. Put a, put a veil on. He's too bright. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I love this moment. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Come on. Write, therefore, what you've seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars. Now, sometimes in Revelation, the mystery is actually told. And sometimes in Revelation, he doesn't tell you what these different characters or things are. Can I say, don't make them up if he doesn't say it. Here he tells us, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Oh, my gosh. What does that mean? He walks among the churches. Oh, he walks among the lampstands. I love this. Now, guys, that is all I can do on this one chapter, but have you got a fresh revelation of who Jesus Christ is over your life? He is Alpha and Omega. That's that's what it says about God in this text. And he says he is the beginning and the end. He's the A to Z. He's across everything. And this book is not about focusing on the beast. It is about focusing on your Jesus who is in your past, your present, and your future. And he is about to reveal the truth of what is about to happen and what is currently happening on earth. Loved studying Revelation 1 with you guys and I cannot wait to continue in Revelation 2.